Blog Talk Radio. <coughs> Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Group on Facebook. Our partners, LostWolfOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, football fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL podcast episode number, oh, what is it, 308, I believe? Yes. Oh, right, there we are on the right page now. Yeah, 308. Wow, just cruising along. Pretty soon we're going to be at 900. Oh, did I say that? That's a ridiculous statement. Okay, anyhow, um, guess what? I had a, 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 a it's not an epiphany. Anyhow, um, I'm over on uh, Edmonton Eskimo Empire Facebook page today. And there's an article there with uh, Jason Moss as, as a pitcher, <clears throat> and it's by an article by the Edmonton Journal, and it says Eskimos head coach can't blame Mike Riley for testing free agency. Now, I understand that. I agree with it 100%. I think we all do. But this is the first time that anybody, anywhere, in the Edmonton Eskimos organization has said that Mike Riley is testing free agency. Up till now, the party line has been Mike Riley is waiting for the CBA. No, Mike, no, situation's good. Mike Riley is waiting for the CBA. He wants to know what's going on, and uh, when the negotiations are finished, then he'll sign. That's what they've been saying all along. This is the first time they've actually come out and said, he's done, he's gone. He's going to go out there, test free agency, and see what happens. <clears throat> now, I believe Edmonton Eskimos have already offered Mike Riley the most amount of money he's going to get from any team. Already. He's already been offered that. So, why would he sign anywhere else? Well, I remember back in November, end of Grey Cup, beginning of December, or something like this, Mike Riley said his next contract isn't about money. It's about family. Right then and there, I knew he was not going to be an Edmonton Eskimos in 2019. Now, that's my personal opinion. He could still sign with the Eskimos, but I don't think so. And I'm pretty sure he's going to be a BC Lion, and there's a lot of reasons why I believe he's going to be a BC Lion. Basically, because he lives in Seattle. His parents live in Seattle. His wife's uh, parents live in Seattle. He wants to be home, the kids, grandchildren, close to the grandparents. Uh, just a plethora of reasons, right down to Travis Lule being his fishing buddy. So, you know, we're going to see what happens. And uh, I'm not coming out and saying that Mike Riley's going to sign with the BC Lions and that's it's a done deal and everything else. There's a lot of people out there saying that. <clears throat> this is the CFL. Anything can happen. God knows he could be waiting to become an Atlantic schooner. So, I don't know really what's going on. So I'm not holding my breath. I, 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 I really like to see Mike Riley in Vancouver. No question. I don't know a BC Lions fan who doesn't, although there's a couple of idiots out there that said they'd like to see Bo by Mitchell. And I went, really? Come on. We want a quarterback that's above average. Um, so Mike Riley may become a BC Lion. The billion-dollar question is, What does BC do if Mike Riley signs in Edmonton? Because we have 
no hope and no possibility of a quarterback this year from anywhere else. Okay. We're Travis Lulee is going to be our number one starting quarterback because there's just nobody else out there. Trevor Harris is going to sign in Ottawa. That's a done deal. Uh, Bully by Mitchell is going to go to the NFL or he's going to go to Calgary. He's not even going to test the waters going anywhere else. We know that. Um, who's next in line? Jonathan Jennings. Well, he's already said he's out of Vancouver. So, you know, you're going down and you're looking at Drew Willie. Come on. Seriously? What are we going to do? We got Travis Lule backed up by Kevin Glenn again? Oh, God. Please help me. I don't know what's going on. Okay, Charles is having some problems, and uh, his wife is having an allergic reaction. My wife had an allergic reaction last night, too. Took a Benadryl, went to sleep, and slept right through her um, horse riding lesson. I don't know whether she was on the horse when she was sleeping or not. She didn't really specify that. But, okay, anyhow, um, <clears throat> moving on and seeing what that. So that's enough of this rant. This is not really a rant. It's just I'm surprised that Jason Moss, Edmonton Eskimos head coach, actually came out and said that. And I'm pretty sure he's getting his pee-pee whapped. But so be it. Um, let's open up the phone boards. and uh, We got uh, – Mark's got to work at 3 o'clock in the morning. I don't understand. He works in a hotel catering department. What the hell is there to do at 3 o'clock in the morning? Seriously? Come on. The party should be over by then. Okay, open up the mics. Welcome to the show, Chris. How you doing? Good, good. Enjoying a quiet Thursday night. It's been a busy week, yeah. so it was the first night that was actually something where I would have actually been able to make the call. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, and that's why we're doing our shows now on Thursday nights right up till the season starts, and as soon as we get started getting Thursday night games, we can't do the show there. We're doing this so that Chris can come on the show with us every Thursday night now, and that's a good thing. We all appreciate the effort you're putting in, and we're going to accommodate you. Right on. That works so good. This is, the, this is the first official Thursday night show because of that, and that's awesome. I'm pretty excited. <clears throat> I'm going to lose the voice again. I'm pretty sure about this. It's just not getting any better. Um, Will, how you doing? I'm good. I'm all good. What are your I thoughts on Bo Levi Mitchell? Oh God, do we have to? Do we have to go there? Well, we don't knows? have it on the agenda, so I might as well start I right know, off. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows where Bo Bo Levi Mitchell is going? Okay. Do you care? Uh, um, not especially. I'm more concerned about losing some other guys, to be honest with you. And uh, I mean, Calgary Stampeders were there before Bo, and they'll be there after Bo, and they were winning well, yeah, before Bo, and, and they're probably going to be winning and, after Bo too. So I don't understand and, what the point and is. And you can say that for every team as well, right? <clears throat> Pretty much. You Except know, maybe I mean, I, well, no, I mean, I've had favorite quarterbacks in my time. Dieter Brock used to be one of my favorite quarterbacks. Tom Clemens used to be one of my favorite quarterbacks. Those yeah. guys all went along. Jeff Garcia, Henry Joe Burris, Cass. you name them. And they always move on. And yeah. then someone else comes along. So, but right now in the moment, it's the hype of the whole thing. And, you know, if he wants to go to NFL and hold a clipboard for three years and make – good money hey i can't blame him but nope. he, he could stay in the cfl and you know he could really leave a, leave a legacy like he says he wants to do 
or not. Leave a legacy. So I, I really don't. I really don't care at this point in time because you can't speculate on any of these guys and why they're going to sign anywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. No. Is, well, you can't speculate that, that, because that's what that speculation simple. is. Yeah, I know you can, but it's just you know, I mean, they'll uh, sign where they come sign. And, yeah, I'm not going to come out and say he's I mean, signing who, in Denver. No, That's because stupid. the rumor this week is the rumor this week is that nobody's offered him a significant amount of money enough to go to the NFL, and he doesn't want to hold the clipboard. And if they don't offer him a signing bonus, he uh, it doesn't cost him anything. Okay, so he's not really in their plans. So he could come to the NFL <clears throat> and make six hundred thousand dollars a season and be a superstar. So. I guess it just depends. I don't think his ego could handle sitting on a bench for three years. No, I understand. It, but, you know, he says that. He says that it's, he's not holding out for a starting position. He's, start, he's holding out for solid money. Solid well, money means that he's not going to get cut. He's not training camp fodder is what he's basically well, trying right, to say, but right? But he's also said that he wants to have a chance whether a chance means they will actually look at him. But they say the NFL looks at him as an undersized, uh, what was that article? It said undersized with a decent arm. Okay? So he doesn't fit the prototypical NFL quarterback. So good luck with that. No, because he's too small. And the, the, the prototypical linebacker is going to hurt him. Well, you know, I'm just thinking he might not be able to see over the offensive line, okay? Because he's ah. only six feet tall. Yeah, but look at Flutie. So, he was only, yeah. what, 5'10"? Yeah, well. I've seen but, him jumping no, I, up I and just, down behind the O-line to see over top. I just, I just get sick and tired of, you know, like, let's move on already. Who cares? Okay. I, I, I like I said. I like I said. You know what? Maybe the Stamps will bring back Marcus Crandall for a year, so they can win another Great Cup. Yeah, he's one for one. Uh huh. Be- best record in the CFL, eh? Uh huh. I mean, hey, we're power to him. Yeah, Chris. I, I, what's your I, like? Go ahead. You got something to say? You you told me to move no, no, on. I'm more. I I'm more interested in who is going to leave. We should do. We'll we'll if we have some time at the end of the show, we should go through a little exercise and see what people think about some things. Well, that's I'll tell you about that later. Seven, I think. Anyhow, go ahead, Chris. What's your thoughts here on the Mitchell guy? Well, I mean, I don't know. Or the Riley. I. I, I th- I think that uh, that everybody's going to wait for him to make that decision before you see, and Riley really before you see free agency kick off and completely, because if you've got a chance of either of those players, you have to have the money to pay them, and that means you can't pay other people. So I, I yeah, I don't know. I, I I want free agency to come, and I hope that he makes a decision quickly in that time, whether he's staying or going. 
And then well, you gotta, that allows think, the teams to move move forward. Right, but you got to think that Hamilton and Ottawa and possibly Toronto who aren't or Winnipeg who aren't looking for a quarterback don't care whether or not Riley makes a decision right away. In fact, they're kind of hoping he doesn't because then they, they'll have first crack at the other players when everybody else is sitting on their hands. Well, of course they hope that, but that's why I hope they doesn't because my team is one of the ones that needs to, my two teams need to move forward. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 it's, it is tiring to always hear about it. I understand Will's stance on it, but it's a very important question. I mean, and, and it's, I think it's the two of them. I don't think it's just Mitchell. It's it's Riley, too. And we can say, like you said, that's what you think is going to happen, but you're not going to swear that or you stand behind it. You don't know what's going to happen. Well, that's exactly what the issue is, right? And uh, if CFL, those two man. move, yeah, well, when those two move, it'll be a dominoes thing, right? But uh, – but yeah, I uh, I hope he makes. You know what? I will say I hope he makes the NFL. I or he gets a shot because I think he's earned that. Whether he's fit for it or not or whatever, I I hope nothing but the best for him. I hope he goes and makes some money and and I mean that's his dream, right? That's he grew up in in Texas and and that would be great for him. And I would I would whatever team he goes to, I'll follow even if he's not on the field. I already plan on actually following the Eagles because I want to watch Singleton, even if he doesn't play. Right. So um, it gives me a reason to watch NFL, but uh, would I be surprised? Well, I know they're not going to play a ton, but, but you know, if they don't, if, if he stays in the CFL, I'm happy with that. I would be great. Great. If he stayed in Calgary, but, but again, like, well, I don't think it's, it's not something that as a, as a Calgary fan, I'm, I, is a must. I'm not dying about it because it'll move forward. And I wouldn't mind seeing him play for another team just to see how good he really is, right? Because you've said it, yeah. right? Can he go to another team and be any good? I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. <laughs> so, yeah. hey, what the hell, you know? But uh, I mean, yeah, if he ends up in Calgary, I'm not going to want to break up with somebody else. Yeah, with somebody else, right? And and I wouldn't, I mean, if he ends up back in Calgary and it's status quo, well, there's a lot of other people that are on the, like Will said, there's a lot of other people that are uh, up too. So we'll see what happens. Um, I wouldn't be upset, but, uh, you know, I, there, I, there, there's not one scenario I can see right now that would devastate me either way. I, I see benefits in, in all the all the possibilities. He's going to take so, a big chunk of the salary cap in Calgary. Oh yeah, I, yeah. You got to figure he's six hundred thousand for sure. So, so you know, in, in, in reality, you're better off without him. In the fact yeah. that you can afford better players on the team, and and you get a better team overall. Well, anyway. yeah, because I mean, we've got some. I mean, Calgary's got some big names up, like uh, Mika Johnson and uh, Davis, Jadar Davis, and they're all going to be expecting to be paid, and there's just not enough money to go around, right? So. Yeah, there's not enough money to go around. That's been proved. We're going to have a lot of problems. This free agency is not going to be what people think it's going to be. You know, they, these players are, are out looking for the moon, and yeah, it's not. They're going to fall a little short into the Indian Ocean or something because there's a lot of them that aren't going to be playing football this year, but just because they think they're better than they're worth more than they are. Or they're going to sign for a lot less than they want. <laughs> yeah, they're either not going to play or they're going to get maybe even less than they were offered. Well, yeah, but what's going to happen is 
you know, the teams are all going to sign somebody else. And then all yeah. of a sudden they're sitting there on the, on the outside looking in and going, what the hell? What, I mean, I'm an all-star linebacker. I'm an all-star DB or I, I'm worth this kind of money. Well, no, you're not because they've replaced you. Every team has replaced you. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's I mean, going to be a tough year for a lot of people. It's going to be you know, an eye-opener for sure. What do you think percentage-wise of players that you figure aren't because there's what 280 or something like that 270 wonder how many will actually not end up playing because of holding off that's curious i've never heard that talk but you're right i mean you always just assume they're going to sign somewhere or, or sign for less money or whatever but you're very you're right i mean if teams have made their plans and you don't fit in it you could actually just be sitting at home well i mean <laughs> it's, it's it's very similar to what happened to adam big hill last year right he came yeah. back to the CFL because he got cut down by, by the Saints. And, you know, nobody begrudges him his opportunity to go do that. But then he priced himself out of the market or, or BC had already replaced him and had no room. Yeah. And now they've moved on to the fact that, you know, he's, a, he's not part of the, the, the team moving forward. Yeah. Right? And he's gone long-term uh, in Winnipeg. Just trying to think, is there anybody last year that could still play that didn't re- – like there were some that retired, obviously. But I'm wondering, was there anybody that got left behind because of the same – I mean, the same thing happened last year, really. There, there the always CBA is. Issue. There always I'm just trying to think of who it was. Mm. And they usually get signed after training camp or, you know, when the or first – Bakari Grant is one that comes to mind, right? Yeah. Got released and then ended up in Calgary. Yeah. You know? Hmm. It'll so, be interesting. Yeah. It'll be interesting to know who actually doesn't find a spot because they held out. <laughs> now, this is big. an unusual year, but most years the salary cap goes up by $50,000. When you have 50 players on your team, that's a thousand dollars a player. So if all of a sudden your quarterback situation goes from four and a quarter to six hundred thousand, you've just lost one hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars of salary cap. Yeah. You have to make up one hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars. That's and you can't have less players. No, you have right? to go with ones that are on rookie contracts. You, you, you have, have to, find to go contracts. to younger contract, younger players that are, are cheaper. And that's yeah. how the veterans get phased out. Or they start playing for less than what they feel they're worth or less than what they played for before. Mm-hmm. That's why players are getting asked to take salary cuts in the middle of a contract. And, and the smart yeah. players say yes. The dumb players say no and they get released and they go somewhere else for – Less money than what they originally were offered. And uh, going back, Chris Jones, do you remember that thing when he he let go of – who was that defensive guy, fan favorite? Um, Oh, damn, I can't remember his name. At the same time that Weston Dressler got released. Was it a receiver? No, 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 no. He's a defensive guy. A defensive lineman? Defensive lineman, I think, yeah. Oh, what's his name? John Chick. John Chick. Yeah, John Chick. Yes. 
John Check, fan favorite. Everybody loved him, right? Oh, big, big guy in the community, everything about it. Said no to a pay cut. Signed somewhere else for less than what the pay cut was. Yep. Okay. Now he's officially retired. He, he cut off his nose to spite his face. Instead of staying with the team that he wanted, taking the pay cut, and continuing on with his brotherhood, he said, no, I'm worth more than that. I'm going somewhere else. And by the time the shit had settled, nobody had money left for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's going to happen more this year than any other year. And the CBA coming up right now has to get rid of these one-year contracts. They have to. You, you simply cannot afford to have 40 free agents every year. Not for the fans, not for uh, not for stability, for sure. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why, but, I mean, one of the big ones that Ambrosia should care about is the fact that fans like to bond with their players. <laughs> well, you, you have to the game. think that the, the player should know that the salary cap's increasing by $50,000. The most I'm going to get is $1,000 this year if everything is equal. Maybe I should sign a long-term contract if they're willing to give it to me right now. Well, and people have made that call, right? <clears throat> so, yep. man. Right? And it just doesn't happen. <clears throat> okay. No. So let, let's jump right into the, uh, the program here. And uh, segment one, uh, players do not want to begin the CBA discussions until March. Why so long? Okay. It's not the players. All the players want to be negotiating right now. It's the players' association. Okay. Now, my last and, – and the league said, I'm waiting. I put, they sent out an invitation to negotiate, and the, the CFLPA, the union, has said, no, not right now. We're polling our players to find out what they want, and we'll get back to you. Well, now they've got back to the league and said, oh, yeah, we're going to start sometime in March. Okay. Did this just, like, sneak up on the Players Association? Did they not know that this was a contract year? I mean, mm. did they? I thought it was in the news. I've read it a couple times, I'm pretty sure. So how did this just sneak up on the Players Association that they were ill-prepared and didn't petition their players back in November and say, you know what? You got 60 days, just all of December, all of January, to tell us what you want in a contract. Come February 1st, we're going to hit the table. No, 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 no. We've got to wait, like, another six weeks. <clears throat> this CBA should have been signed before free agency started. That's just a fact. It just should have been done. No, it's going to be left till the last minute where it's going to disrupt training camp. It might even lose a preseason game or two. And uh, then we're going to start off with the, the, the season – and we're going to have shitty games because players aren't prepared properly. So every year, game one is usually like a preseason game. Now it's going to be game two and game three. And they still count for points, so you better play football. Chris, why are they waiting so long? What's, what's with the Players Association? You were a member. The only thing I can think of is that for some bizarre reason, they think it's a strategy. Don't know what that strategy might be, but 
I, I guess maybe they think that they have more ground the closer it gets to the season because that's exactly their only position of strength is is a labor shortage, like a labor stop work. And if they do it too early, then the season's not in anybody's front of their mind. I think that's flawed. I don't agree with it, but that's the only thing I can think of that they, that their only point of leverage is the fact that they could stop the season, right? That they wouldn't show. And they want the season to be close so that they can sit at the table and say, well, Ambrosia, you know, if you don't deal with us, the season's coming, the season's coming. And if you do that too early, then that, you know, that's not going to mean anything. It's not going to have the same pop, but, uh, but yeah, I see it being exactly like last time. We're going to look exactly what you said, because that's exactly what happened last time was they waited till too long. It cut into the training camp. We started on time, but we didn't have any preseason and it was a ugly start. And in the end, the players took exactly, got, took exactly what they were given in the end anyway because they didn't well, have that's a position what they're to get. other than yeah and they, the only thing is to strike and they needed it like too many players need a check like that strike thing just doesn't cut it none of these guys are making five million a year you know no. they can't afford not to, to work so that strike threat is is fairly small and well, yeah it, I, and, and I look at the solidarity right I mean, they're talking about player oh, solidarity. Yeah. Don't sign contracts until the CBA is signed. Forget about free agency. Just hold out. Hold. Out. They're dropping like flies. Thirty-seven, thirty-eight percent of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have re-signed, including yeah. Adam Big Hill. For big money, some of them too, right? Big money, some of them exactly. So, I mean, how can you? Where's the solidarity here? And then you got dickhead Brandon Banks, but I think we're talking about him later on, aren't we? Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's in the program. Yeah. Well, it's in the next segment, so we can talk about him right now if you want. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay. Well, they go hand in hand anyway. <laughs> they do. Well, what's your thoughts on this CBA? Why you you negotiate contracts all the time? Where do you see any logic you know in this? Yeah. Pardon me. Do you see any I, logic? I, I tend to. I tend to agree with Chris. They must think they have some kind of logic behind this. Maybe leverage, but uh, you know, you know, this thing has been coming for how old is the last contract? Is it three years or four years? 2014. 2014. So four years. Okay, I start the day after I sign the new the new uh, CBA. I start working on the next CBA. Okay, I mean automatically, so I'm so well prepared when it comes. And you talk to players and you pull players. I just I don't know how good of an organization it is. I really don't. <clears throat> I don't think it's very good, or either that or it. They really have no pull in my mind, because they'll just, bottom line is you, they'll just replace players. I'm telling you. And every time they threaten to strike, it just, it doesn't happen either. And a strike in the CFL for all intents and purposes, in my mind, I mean, there's little enough interest in the CFL in some places right now. If they had a strike, there'd be even less. Oh, I That's know. It, it, would, it would be hurtful to a lot of places. Um, I remember. I remember back in 2014, I was helping Mike Tyson, uh, not to Mike Tyson, Mike Townsend, 
on a, on a Facebook group um, for arena players that were trying to get into the CFL, right? And I put a poll question out there to them, and I says, how many of you would work right now for $50,000 Canadian? The, you know what the number one answer to that was? I'll work for half of that. Just give me my chance. Just give me my shot. Just give me my shot. I'll work for half of that. Yep. Well, and that's what Will hit it on the nose too, is that, you know, it's not like it's an empty threat to replace all these guys with rookie contract people, because that's, that's half the philosophy of CFL football. <laughs> you pay a certain amount, decent money, and you got to keep finding the next new guy that's going to work for 54. No Under, team, faster, cheaper. No team, yeah, and no team exists out of that realm. So when it comes to negotiation power, what do you, what makes you think they're not going to replace you with someone younger, faster, and cheaper? Because that's the philosophy of the friggin' league. That's how the league survives and is operated. Well, yeah, every team has over half the roster on rookie contracts. Yeah, that's the only way they survive and exist. Right? So, yeah, like I mean, what position of strength do you have? There is just so much money, and, and in the end. You better get yours when you can, and that's people you see. Like I said, that's why it falls apart so fast, too. I'm surprised, actually, how much it has held together. That was the only thing I was impressed with was how there are some big names that haven't signed, when, especially like when Big Hill and now with Banks and some other big-name contracts going. they got to be getting nervous, man. <laughs> or they're delusional. Well, I mean, they're dropping I like flies. and big name. Some of the big names are just waiting for free agency day, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's what I said. Mike okay. Riley's not waiting for the CBA. That's been a ruse. I've said that since day one. That His entire comment on that was a ruse to get to free agency without too much backflack. And as soon as free agency yeah. comes, yeah. he signs a contract with another team. BC Lions. And uh, the dam breaks on this solidarity movement. The dam breaks. Bo Levi's going to automatically sign with Calgary. If it, John Huffnagel told him, said, I need to know before free agency whether or not you're staying in, in the CFL. Because if you're going to co- yeah. come back and sign to Calgary, I need to know. Otherwise, I'm going looking for a quarterback. Yeah. Right? He says that. I'm going looking for a quarterback. And, uh, and he has to. And then that money is not available when he gets cut. Or get right comes back in September. Yeah. Goes oh yeah, I'm, I, I want my yep. position back in Calgary. Fuck off! You left. Yeah. We replaced you but, with somebody but, uh, younger, better, and faster, cheaper. You know, and I'm still of the mindset that, to be honest with you, I think Mike Riley is already signed. Okay. We. You just can't announce he, it. You just can't announce it. Yeah. Yeah. I I would. Be, I. <laughs> yes, I agree, Will it, it, It's a done deal He's coming to BC I have no doubt in my mind It's just, it's just on, on free agency day When they say these people have signed with these teams Well, it takes a while To negotiate a contract okay? Don't tell me there hasn't been stuff going on 15 minutes okay? after free agency so, starts You don't get a contract signed You don't yeah. No, you don't well, but, so but there, sure, we all know there's backdoors sure. to that stuff, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the biggest the biggest one I know that exists 
is to reach out to their agent and say that, you know, we're interested in this player and we might pay this much. And then, and, and that's actually not against the rules because you're not talking to the player, you're talking to his representation. So I don't know. That, that is happened. the player. That is definitely breaking the rules. That is tampering in all aspects of this. But I'll tell yeah. you what happened. What, what happened is Mike Riley is in Seattle in the off season or even during the season or whatever else. And he stops at one of the last games with the BC lions and he's talking to Ed Hervey and he says, you know what? I'd really like to play with BC next year. So right mm-hmm. there and then, is that tampering by BC? No, that's Mike Riley saying, you know what? It's time for a change in my life. I want to be closer to Seattle. I want to play for BC next year. Are you interested? Yeah. Ed Hervey has two options at this point in time. He can say, you know what, Mike, I can't talk to you right now. That's tampering. Or he's going to say, yeah, BC's interested. We'll talk later. And mm-hmm. is that tampering? That's not really tampering either. But if they turned around yeah. and pounded out a, a contract already, that's tampering. And I'll, sure. be, the first, no. and like I'll said, be the first to throw the BC lines under the bus if that happened. Okay? I, just because they're my team and I, I'm a fan of the BC Lions doesn't mean that I let them get away with shit, okay? I'm harder mm-hmm. on that team than I am on any other team. It's just that the riders do so much shit wrong that I get to pick on them all the time. Yeah. But you're right. Every single year there's a contract that's signed within half an hour of it opening up, and that's obviously no way that happened uh, organically after it opened up. So, yeah. No. <clears throat> so anyhow so we'll see what happens because we don't know what's going to happen but I would bet money as as Will stated that it's a done deal it's a done deal when you got best friends right best friends they, they talk they're sitting around having a beer Mike Riley's not sitting around having a beer with Jason Moss and Brock Sunderland He's sitting around having a beer with Travis Lule and and and, and Hurry. Mm-hmm. Right? They're his friends. He goes goes out with them. Goes fishing with them. Yeah. And well, and I mean I don't I really don't think it takes guys that long to make a decision, okay? I mean I, I think a Mike Riley guy's not gonna quibble over fifty thousand dollars. You know what I mean? And he wants to be where he wants to be, wherever that might be. I'm pretty sure it's in Montreal, but that's just my theory. So, <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, but, and, I, and if you look at, and why I think, you know, I personally think the deal is done in BC. And, you know, re- the reason I think the deal is done, because you haven't seen a lot of BC guys re-upping, Okay. No, and that the deal is sort of done, but not quite done, because then Harry has to know what kind of money he has, and that's going to be a big chunk of his cap gone. Yeah. So then he's got to then he's got to sign the rest of the team. Like, there's a whole bunch of rumors that there's a lot of guys interested in going to BC, but they're not going to be able to sign them all, if you know what I mean. Well, it depends on whether or not they're willing to take the the hometown discount or, or the, the, the discount to be with Mike Riley. Right. Yeah. But, you know, they talk about, they're talking in Calgary about Mika Johnson and Jagger, Jagger Davis. 
one of those two guys is gonna is gonna be gone from Calgary. Yeah, because they can't they, they want they want to get paid. Okay. Yeah. And one of them's not gonna get paid in Calgary because there's only so much money to go around. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, you look at uh, Santos Knox in in in. Uh, Winnipeg. 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 I mean, yeah. they they just signed Big Hill to that big contract. He wants to get paid this year too. So is he leaving? You never know, because they can't give two linebackers big big uh, contracts. It just doesn't work. No. So, no. I think you're well, gonna. I'm... I think you're gonna see. I think you're gonna see significant players move. So, right, because they want to be paid. Every team has the same problem. That's well, right. Yes, so, do. how many actually move? Yeah. And and the thing is, I really think the first guy to move gets the big money. It's that simple. And it's kind of a let's play chicken. But there's some guys, you know, Brandon Banks. He signed his contract. Big Hill signed his contract. They're not worried anymore. It's over. So yeah, are they smart guys for not supporting the 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 players association? Well, you know what, you got to look after yourself. It's that simple. Yeah, but then you should shut up and not say that the rest of them should hold out, <laughs> which is point number well, two on the agenda. Yeah, but Adam Big Adam Bighill didn't say that. Somebody else said that. No, no. we're we're talking about two different brain pans. Okay, so. Mm-hmm. That's all. But it'll be cool. Who goes where? It'll be very. It'll be very unique. It is, and it's going to happen. Okay, so now Brandon Banks. Brandon Banks is all about the CBA, and he's all about you know the players getting the maximum that they can out of this. So he turns around and signs with um, Hamilton. And he gets a significant signing bonus that's not going to be paid to him until the CBA is signed. So what does he do? He jumps on Twitter and he says, come on, guys, get your shit together and sign this CBA and let's get going. Let's get to play football. Rah, rah, rah. It's all about playing football. No, it's not, Brandon. It's all about you getting your money. What a ditch pig. I don't know why anybody actually thinks that this guy is, is, is good for the CFL. I, I know you're a fan of your team, but Jesus, come on. I don't know. So the whole concept of solidarity has just totally gone out the window. The Players Association has no leverage. These players want to play football. They want their signing bonuses. They want their second-year bonuses. They want to get to, down to brass taxes. So just do it. What's this? What's the CBA all about? How can you argue on this? Okay, you want a health care plan. I understand that. Take some baby steps. Start small. Let's just not break the bank on this one. Okay, you want a wage increase because, you know, the revenues are up. Well, yeah, okay. Everybody wants a wage increase. The owners just want to stop losing money. So I don't know. This whole thing is is just nuts. And Brandon Banks just total hypocrite. Absolutely total hypocrite. 
I'm sure you have something to say on this one, Will. He's your best buddy, isn't he? One of your favorite players. Well, isn't isn't he he he's your and Charles' favorite because he blocked both of you, didn't he? Or you and Kelly Bale, anyways? Way back when, yeah, yeah, when you well, were exactly. Partying instead of coming to training camp. Okay, well, That's right. it shows you. It goes. It goes to character, man. Okay, and you can just tell from what he's saying where the character is. Okay. You know, you take I, – I keep on comparing him to Adam Big Hill. You talk to Adam Big Hill. Yeah, he signed the contract in Winnipeg, but he also had a job offer in Winnipeg, okay? So he's also thinking about down the road. And you can't blame a guy for thinking about those kind of things. And and I think he – last year he fit in Winnipeg well because, you know, I mean, he would never make that kind of money in B.C. because Solly was always there. And Sully was the guy, so. And still is. And still is, but I, I got a feeling they're going to, I've got a feeling the Lions, if they sign a Mike Riley and a couple other people, I'm pretty sure they're going to ask Sully to take a pay cut. They already did. He already accepted one. Oh, did they? Oh, did he? Yeah, that's, okay. that's, well, not, there even you go. A, that's not even in debate right now. The, whole, the main question right now is Brian Burnham. And uh, Manny right. Arsenault. So we pretty pretty much figure that uh, Manny Arsenault is gone from the Lions. The Lions aren't going to pay him big bucks this year unless he takes a significant pay cut. And the last time we asked a receiver to take a significant pay cut like that, he ended up being a Saskatchewan Rough Rider. Right. We all said goodbye to G. Roy Simon because he was being a dick. Now don't say that or David Benefield's going to phone the podcast, Christopher. Come on. I know David Benefield. Uh, he's my buddy, you know. I like him. I know he is. Oh, I know he is. David Benefield, not G. Roy Simon. I have no use for G. Roy Simon. Because the and, day the day you were the day you were arguing know, with David Benefield, um, some other people on a different podcast found it quite amusing. So, or on a different oh, oh it, it came out on some some other podcast, did it? I, I well, love it when I podcast. get mentioned on another on a, podcast. On a, they never get mentioned on, a, on mine. On, on another private page for oh, another okay. uh, CFL site. And they were just going on and on and on about this. And I finally had to chime in and I said, hey, guys, do you know that Christopher Jones and David Benefield know each other and they're buddies? And that was the end of it, okay? Never never saw another comment after that. So, yeah. It is what it is. But, yeah, I know Brandon Banks is out for Brandon Banks. He always has been, okay? And to sign a contract and then to say, let's get this all together is is, is a hypocrite. Sorry. It really is. So, yeah. I just saw... One of the best little pictures, and I never know what these things are called. Are they called memes or what is it called? A mem or I don't know. These stupid pictures with with things on it. And it's got got a guy drinking a beer, and it says, "What a beautiful day to drink a beer and tell everyone to fuck off." There you go. <laughs> you gotta mm-hmm. like that, don't you? It's just like there one of my go. favorite lines because it's perfect. Okay, so yeah, Brenna Banks. Chris, what's your thoughts? You know, solidarity is 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 he like going, taking one for the team here, or is this all about Brandon Banks? 
No, the second you sign your contract in the C, uh, CBA negotiation, you shut your mouth, right? You made your choice. Good for you. But then you, you've lost any credibility or right to talk about CBAs or solidarity or, you know, you got your money. Great for you. Go away and wait for it to come to you. <clears throat> but, I mean, don't uh, don't start opening your mouth about it, you know, like... No, I don't have anything against Big Hill for signing this contract. I think they all should. I would. Because uh, yeah. Solidarity is a, a joke. And I've seen too many CBA negotiations. And I've paid attention when they've happened. And I know how they always end. So <laughs> get your money. Especially if it's a three-year deal or something with some bone to it, right? Like, heck, go for it and I mean, get what you can get. Even Even if you look at in real life, when people are part of unions, I've known a number of people that have been part of unions and they've gone on strike and they hated being on strike. Of course. Because they'll never, they'll never make that money back. And it's just, you can say all you want, but sometimes it just doesn't make sense. Yes, I still think unions have a purpose for some people, but in certain situations, it's just, sorry, it's, it's a waste of time, man. It really is. Yeah. Yeah, no, but I mean, I, I, I mean, I think it should go without saying that if, you, if you've chosen to get your money in and you've signed your contract, you need to shut the hell up. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely, because there's no solidarity. You signed your contract, okay? You made your choice. You're not waiting for better health care. You're not waiting to see if they can tie the league into workers' comp, which I don't know who came up with that idea, but, oh, my God, good luck, okay? I deal with with worker comp premiums now, and it's just insanity. I just couldn't imagine what they would do with them in football, okay? So, I don't know. I don't know. I I totally dislike so, and despise the word solidarity. It it had meaning once in this world, and it had to do with the absolute um, abused workers in Poland, and the nation went on strike. And solidarity movement was started. <clears throat> and then it's got taken over and stolen by everybody else. And, and it, it's become totally and completely meaningless now. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's it, it's disgusting. It's it's. I don't know what's going on. And let's move on. I'm just disgusted. I you know what? It's general consensus on on the board that nobody really respects Brandon Banks, Brandon Banks very much, right? So. <laughs> nah. Yeah. Exactly. Nobody's arguing with each other here. It's no fun. Let's move on. No. Yeah. Current and nobody's going to argue about anything on here tonight. I don't think. Um. Current talk is that the Atlantic Schooners could begin play in 2020, next year. 
in Moncton. Is this too fast? And is it another sign that Halifax could be in trouble? <coughs> okay. If Ambrosi's an idiot, which I know he is, he might go ahead with this. We have an expansion draft for new teams. You get to protect one or two players, uh, you know, different type of thing in each division or whatever, right? You got to give up. Uh, you can protect one or two, one quarterback and whatever else, right? Yep. Teams need time for this. You have to adjust your roster. You have to be prepared for this. You can't just throw it at them, you know, and say, oh, in six months we're going to have an expansion draft. Teams need to – you need to protect your your assets. This is like all of a sudden having a a stock market meltdown and you haven't done what you're supposed to do with your retirement fund. Who's happy about that? Nobody. It's disgusting. How can you do this? I can't believe that the the league, the, the Board of Governors, would approve this. Anyhow, that's it's too fast. And is this another sign Halifax could be in trouble? Well, I said from day one, if there is a football team in the Maritimes, it should be in Moncton. And yes, Halifax has a much bigger city and a much bigger population. But... It's so isolated. It's the furthest point away. If you put it in Moncton, then you can tap into Fredericton and you can tap into, um, you know, PEI and, 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 and Quebec. And, you know, you've got a whole, whole area in which you can draw from because Moncton is so central. Yeah, I think Halifax is in trouble. I don't think they have the money to build a stadium. I don't think anybody has a money to build a stadium so they're going to start in Moncton playing on this little pitily thing but you know really reality sets in here all you need is a chunk of land BC Lions assembled a stadium a what was it 25,000 seat stadium temporary bleachers in 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 eight weeks you can put a stadium together no problems I just this is going to be a death blow for this franchise, and it's not even started yet. Well, and I I still don't understand, and this has happened, and I can't remember where it's happened before. They say they're going to start off playing in Moncton, and then eventually they're going to move the team to Halifax. Okay. Well, yeah. if I'm a if I'm a fan in Moncton, New Brunswick. I'm not going to support that team because they're moving in a year or two years. Why exactly. should I support them when they're going to take the, the team out of my town and put it in a different town? I, I I don't know who came up with that idea, but they're an idiot. So Agreed. Uh, you can't I mean, argue with that theory. It I mean, it's and absolutely I'm to, ridiculous. I'm remember, I'm trying to remember where it happened. It happened... It happened in the NFL like that, too. They were temporarily somewhere until they built a stadium somewhere else, and nobody would support the team. And they they were supposed to stay there for two years, and then they moved them somewhere else a year after because there was no support, simply because they weren't going to be there very long. So, 
why would I go and, and, and buy all this swag? Why would I go and buy season tickets for a team that's not going to be there? You know, if, if you've heard that your team is moving, I, I, I think this was the San Diego Chargers. And they, had, they, they said that they're going to move at the end of the season. Everybody canceled their season tickets. <coughs> there was nobody at the stadium for its whole season. You guys remember yeah. that? Was I right with the Chargers? Was that where it was? I can't remember which team it was, but I know it was one team. I can't remember off the top of my head. And, and if I recall correctly, I mean, uh, the Raiders had that problem going bopping back and forth between Oakland and San Francisco. Yeah, but the Raiders always have fans. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. But I, I just think it's ridiculous. It's just absolutely ridiculous. How do you actually do that? No, you don't. That's the thing. I mean, that's... You know, it's too fast. It's too soon. It's this. It's it's something that everybody wants so bad that they're just trying to invent a way to make it happen. And it's just like it won't work. I mean, the whole point is if you're building the stadium, that gives you the time to plan for the draft and stuff, your expansion drafts, and because you're talking a two-year window usually to build a stadium, right? Or in that frame. So when when they start construction, you know it's a reality and it's going to happen. Then you have that two-year window to plan for it. I mean, it affects how you draft. It affects everything, right? Like, it affects this year's draft if they're going to be stealing players next year. Because you can only protect so many, so you don't want to waste a high pick and and know that you're not going to be able to protect them. Yeah. You know, so there's huge implications to it, and that's the whole point of, you know, unless you present a team that already has a stadium to go to, but then usually you're still always at least two years. You know, it's got to be a two-year date of it's going to happen. Like you can't now say now say it's going to be 2020 as an official announcement. You have to, when the official announcement happens, I can't see it being done in less than two years properly. It shouldn't be. Because it just it doesn't give anybody time to that. And you just, the, if you rush it, you're just setting it up to fail. If it's not done right, it doesn't work. It won't work. And you just, I understand everybody wants 10 teams in the freaking league and everybody wants coast to coast. And, and hey, I do too. But I want it to be healthy. I, I don't want it to be another burden on the league or another issue that we have to deal with to survive. And, you know, and gut the league. I mean, the expansion drafts, Ottawa was set up pretty sweet. That was a pretty slanted. Friggin', oh uh, hell yeah! And then the you know, and then the salary cap doesn't apply to them for the first two years. Yeah, like it, yeah. So I mean, I you know what? It got them stable, and I don't have. I'm not. But I mean, again, you need to give my team at least two years to plan for that because they know they're going to lose. You know, and they and then they're going to be at a disadvantage going into the season that that team enters in, and so. I, I just, I, mean, I don't know. I just, that's why Edmonton I think it's ridiculous. Right? Yeah. If, if BC kept Mike Riley, then Mike Riley would be in in Ottawa because what idiot wouldn't have picked him? Yeah. Yeah, and they made that plan and they made that choice because they had to, right? Yeah. yeah. Get something okay, or get nothing. We're going to lose him in the expansion draft next year, so 
you know, he's coming up into free agency. He wants to go to another team. Let's trade him. Yeah, and get something for him, at least. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I just – I. I if they try to do it in 2020, they're crazy, and I think it'll be a waste of time. And the Moncton thing's a joke. I, I really, I, because if it's a Halifax team, it's a Halifax team. And if you start a freaking team without even a, a deal in place to start building a stadium, you might as well call it the Moncton team then, because you know, like, you're not going to move team. unless. It's, yeah. yeah. And then at least maybe you'll get some support. It, it, it's, but it's, I still. Start the team in Moncton, build a stadium in Moncton, be done with it. But as soon as you say start moving a team, it, yeah. it's stupid, man. I mean, how many Winnipeg Jets fans got pissed off when that team moved? Where did they move to? Arizona, wasn't it? Where, didn't they become the Coyotes? Right? And, and the yeah, Quebec Nordiques yeah. going to Colorado. Oh, man, did that piss I, off the team? Uh, you know what? I didn't watch hockey for 12 years when the Jets left Winnipeg. And I was a huge hockey fan. Well, you lost your team, right? Like they, they essentially yep. took them for no real good reason other than because they wanted to get the Americans involved in it, right? Like Right. Yeah, I don't know. I just hope when the announcement comes, if it does come, it's like a two year time frame and it'll be done right and not quickly just to try and make everybody happy and I, I just I don't know. it's going to be a gong show if they try to do it by 2020 yeah and it, and it'll affect yeah. every team and it'll 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 affect every team in the entire league negatively, negatively. yeah 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 without question okay jumping over here um Jacques Chapdelaine has been hired as the new offensive coordinator in Toronto. Does he still have more to give as an offensive coordinator? Is this confirmed? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. What's the link that Charles put on it? Well, I'm, I'm just running over to there because I thought this was just like a rumor. I did Argos, too. There goes two names, Jacques Shop, the lane offensive coordinator. It has not happened. This is a TSN Matthew Scanetti is reporting the Argos will name Jacques Shop, the lane as their new offensive coordinator. Hearing from sources. Mm. Okay, well, that doesn't exist then. That's not, doesn't, it's not real. Okay. So, so it hasn't happened. So don't, don't be thinking that it did, guys. Okay. So is this a good hire? I know Jacques Chapelaine as an offensive coordinator better than anybody, but I'm going to leave it for a minute. Chris, what do you think? Is this a good hire for Toronto? I think he actually did a good job coaching in Montreal. I don't know why he got fired. I guess it was because Cavis Reed couldn't fire himself. But Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I I respect him as a coach, but I've never really been a big fan personally, I guess. Does that answer the question? So, I mean, I, I think he has something to offer. I mean, I think he's a good football mind and he's a good OC. I just, I don't know. I Personally, I've never been a big fan. There's a few coaches like that that for no real particular reason other than just, I don't know, 
what whatever what he's done in the past or his you know attitudes and certain things and stuff like that. Like I could not stand Danny Machocha to say like I didn't care who he coached for. I absolutely could not stand Danny Machocha. <laughs> so Jacques Chaplin isn't quite in that realm, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I've never I've never really been a big fan of his, and I've never really followed him too much. And he's never coached for a team that I've cheered for. So I don't know a ton about him, but I mean, clearly he brings something to the table. I mean, he's not a bum. And I mean, I, 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 do, I agree with you. I think he did an okay job in Montreal and I think he was a good fit in Montreal. But like so, you said, I mean, you got to blame somebody. He, he's he's never been a coach. He's never been a coach on a team you cheered for. Is that what you said? Uh, not that I remember, so, but. So he was the offensive coordinator in Calgary. And he was the offensive coordinator in Edmonton. Do you cheer for either of those teams? Just checking. When was the offensive coordinator with Calgary? Shock shot the lane? Oh, yeah, a while ago. I can't remember what year. Well, maybe that's why I'm not a fan of him. Maybe I didn't like it when he was with one of my teams. Because I just, I just know, I can't put my finger on it. Why? Just to have this negative opinion of him. And that's kind of one of those things where probably it was so long ago, I don't remember why, but it just sticks with me, and that must be why. Must not have enjoyed him when he was with one of my teams then. I actually and I, I, I knew I was wrong with uh, Edmonton. I do remember when he was in Edmonton. And I didn't like him in Edmonton, but I didn't like Machocha either, and I guess that's probably why I made that point because they, I didn't like them when they were with my team. I don't really remember with Calgary at all, but that's odd. I would have he thought was in I would Calgary. Have he was in Calgary. in Calgary in 2001 as the uh, special teams coordinator and receivers coach. And then in 2002, he really? went to the offensive coordinator. So in hmm. 2001, he won a great cup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well. Then he won another one in BC in 2006 and 2011. And he was a Vanier Cup champion in 99. Because hmm. he was well, coaching at, at a... Laval. He was a head he coach of Laval. And of being on, he has a record of being on winners, anyways. Yeah. No, he's a good. He's a good coach. I, 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 you know, I, I would never, and I did say that right off the bat. I wouldn't take that away from him. I think he brings a lot to the table. I think he's a good football mind. I just don't personally like him much. I don't know why. And like I said, I can honestly tell you, I don't know why. So obviously, it's something from the past. It just with him, with his name, I just, I'm not a big fan. But I, I would never take away what he brings to the table. And, I mean, I don't think he would ever be a bad hire. Okay. Will, what's your thoughts here? Toronto. Well, I, I've never I've never been a Jacques Chapdelaine fan, period. Um, but uh, Corey Chamlin is a defensive guy, right? Yeah. So he does need, a, he does need an offensive guy. Um, he's got lots of experience in the CFL, so can't do any worse than him, I guess. I mean, Safari Jones' job is already—he's uh, already got a job, so he can't hire him, right? Pretty much. So Jacques, Jacques Chapelain is could be our man. Well, it makes sense, but I'll tell you why—I I don't like Jacques Chapelain. I, I could not wait till BC got rid of him. Um, he, he actually, he was the OC in, in BC and he, um, 
pretty much Wally Buono had stated that uh, Mike Benavides was going to be the head coach when he retired. And, uh, yep. and uh, he booked it. He, that was 2006. 2007, he booked it to Edmonton. And then uh, in 2008, he came back to BC as a receivers coach and then went back to uh, the OC. He basically was told that he is not going to be the head coach in BC. So he said, fuck you, I'm leaving. And he did, left for a year, sucked over in Edmonton and came back. Um, He has a pass first, pass often. What's a running game offense? It is extremely predictable. His playbook is smaller than most peewee football teams. And, uh, no, it's, he's, a, he's a walking clusterfuck as an offensive coordinator. He's brilliant football mind, but he doesn't learn. He doesn't evolve. He doesn't go, oh, this didn't work. Let's try it again. And again. And again. Come on, seriously? That's, that's what he does. So, in Toronto... They don't have a stable quarterback situation. They're actually talking about bringing Ricky Ray back because they don't have a lot of faith in their uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson or um, James Franklin. Hmm. Wow. Pass see, first, pass off an offense. I'm, uh, I'm reading an article right now from – was the Canadian Press, February 7th, 2019, 9.08 a.m., and it says in this article, Toronto Organized Head Coach Corey Shamblin finalized his, finalized his staff Thursday. The Argos unveiled Chamberlain's staff that includes their CFL return of Jacques Chapdelaine as offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. So I guess it's a done deal. Okay. So hmm. there you go. Yeah, I, I'm not saying well, it's not, not a done deal. I just haven't heard anything about it. I haven't seen anything about that. Um, and that could yeah. be a bad thing too. Now that I think about it, because you're right, Corey Chamlin is a defensive guy. He really needs a good offensive guy. Yep. And that could hurt him a lot with Chaplin, I guess. Well, let's so, face it. Toronto needs a running game. If you don't have a running game, the defensive team pins their ears back and goes after Ricky yeah. Ray. Okay? Yeah. Ricky Ray needs time to play. I mean, he has one of the quickest releases in the CFL, him and Mitchell. But you still need to have time to do that. So now you need an O-line that is beyond reproach. Okay? You need the absolute best stellar O-line in the CFL if you want to keep Ricky Ray healthy, Calgary's got the best O-line and they don't have a fragile quarterback. Well, we don't know because he's never been hit. But come on, we all know what Ricky Ray's status is. Now, if you don't have Ricky Ray as your quarterback this year in Toronto, pass first, pass often, no running game, pin the ears back defense, it's coming at James Franklin. Yeah. He's going to have a stellar mental game, isn't he? You're trying to break him like we did Jonathan Jennings and with, we did every other quarterback that gets done it, thrown into the wolves too soon. Come on. 
I don't know. Unless Chapdelaine has learned that you need to have a running back, I'm not holding my breath. I'm not looking for success in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's not a good style for young quarterbacks, for sure. Not a good way to develop a young quarterback. Puts a lot of pressure on them to read D's quick. What? Throw, throw, Throw them to the wolves? Yeah. Well, at, at least James Franklin has had a chance to learn to read defenses in Toronto, in Edmonton, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Bethel Thompson, for that matter, has been around for a long time. So, yeah. you know, it, it might work. It might 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 work. I'm not going to completely say no, but come on, seriously? I, I don't think think this is happening. Well, it sounds like it is happening. Uh, we'll see how they do, I guess. <laughs> it doesn't bode well for the East again, but whatever. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is just another team missing the playoffs again this year. Does it ever bode well for the East? Well, Hamilton keeps always thinking so, and I think Ottawa sometimes thinks that too, so we'll see. (laughs) But, yeah. I don't know. Like I said, Hamilton looks okay, and Ottawa did okay. Any of them going to be 13 and 5? No. (laughs) No, no, no. They don't have to be. They don't have to be. One nope. and two are guaranteed nope. a playoff position. That's all they need. That's why yep. we do not – the East will never get better. They don't have to. Yeah. Yeah, even if you got one dominant team like Montreal used to be, it still didn't help it because you, you all you had to do was be the second best, <laughs> and you're still yeah. making the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, you, all you had to do was come close to 500 football. Yeah. Yeah. You you need at least two or three teams to be strong for it to be, but then you're already there, right? So, yeah. Hmm. Well, maybe Ricky Ray comes back and then Jacques Champlain can use him. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but they'll pray to God he doesn't get bent in half. Yeah, and pray to God he doesn't get bent in half. Well, it's going to happen. Yeah. You got Adam Big Hill or Solly or anybody coming at him. He's going to get bent in half. It's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Hopefully he keeps his head out of the turf. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. What's the next one after Jacques Chapdelaine? Because I don't think that's a very exciting one. (laughs) No, we're moving on right now. Okay. CFL has now announced partnerships with both the German and French Football League. Do we – and the Mexican. Don't forget the Mexicans, right? Um, Do we think that all of these foreign partnerships will make a huge difference on the field and off the field? No. No, I don't know what they do. 
I'm, 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 I'm waiting for the announcement with the Hogwarts Quidditch team. <laughs> yeah, that was a good post. It was a good post. So, um, yeah, how, how, how is this beneficial to to the CFL? I know it is. I'm just waiting for an answer. Chris. Well, it, it 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 essentially is looking to grow viewership and and its fan base and expand past Canada and 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 it's not about the players. It's not about the talent on field at all. It never has been. It never will be. I mean, we might get some eventually, but it's all about viewership. It's all about viewership. And you know what? It's not a horrible idea because I mean, I, I I can't remember the last time you talked about it, but I mean. People that listen to this podcast are all over the world, aren't they? So they are. if you start making those connections, countries. so that means so that means there's already people out there that are fans of it, and that means you can do it in countries that aren't historically football. So why not? You know, if they if they if it's got any kind of a football system, and then you make a deal with them to be partners, and hopefully. That draws that fan base in. Like I said, it's not outlandish to think people in Germany or in France are going to watch CFL football if we already have fans in those areas that are listening to a podcast about the sport. They've got to be interested in it. We're not interesting to anybody else other than people that actually watch CFL football. You wouldn't listen to us for any other reason. <laughs> right? So, yeah, so exactly. they've got to be fans. So why not? Go make deals with everybody and, and bring in the global audience. Is it going to change the game? No, but any, any, I mean, it doesn't hurt anything. And all it can do is grow the brand and expand the fan base. So, hey, okay. good Art, on. Art, Art. let's talk CFL podcast. The number one, number one country with listeners is who? I would hope Canada. <laughs> It's not. <laughs> Which it's is sad, United but States, yes, okay. With 43% oh, of the viewership or listenership, if that's a word, are in the United States. Go, America. Let's make America great again. Canada comes in at 40%. I'm excited about that. UK at 3.5%. France, Greece, Germany, Australia, Russia, Brazil. Chile, China, China. We have we have listeners in China. Hmm. Unbelievable. I mean, I mean, the, you got to figure they're it, expats. You have to think that, right? Yeah. I I, I yeah. can't see it. I you know I don't think that there's a Chinese conglomerate of American football listeners over there that yeah. were born in China that are yeah. are listening to our podcast. They have to be expats, yeah. right? But yeah. the, the amount of, of, I mean, Serbia, uh, Greece, uh, what's this other country here? Turkey. We got listeners in Turkey and Saudi Arabia. Those have to be like over there on the oil rigs or something, right? I mean, seriously. Yeah. I got no listeners yeah. in Iceland. I'm a little upset about that. I have to do something about that. Norway, Sweden. <laughs> What's this little country here? Is that little country Russia? Do you have any Finland? Little country Russia. What's that? You got any Finnish? <laughs> I have no. Have not Finland. in Finland. 
It doesn't say Finland. Well, no. there you go. Denmark. My dad immigrated, so I'm a, I'm half Finnish. So there you go. We'll get some Finns. <laughs> Germany is almost two percent. Netherlands is well. There you go. So four. Yeah, I can see Ger- the Germany and France so, I mean, are right it, up there. So yeah, makes sense. Now you've got a connection with them. You get your brand out there. Maybe you, you help the expats make get the the locals interested in it, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. I. How can you complain about it? I mean, what's the, what would be the big complaint that it's diverting him from talking about the CBA or more serious things? Well, really, what else other than growing the brand is one of his most serious things? And he's waiting on the players for the CBA, <laughs> so. Might as well go do something, right? No, I, yeah. I think this is a great deal. I, I honestly believe that this is a good idea. Everybody's over there trashing him, and I'm trashing him the majority of times, but not with signing this deal with Mexico. Absolutely not signing this deal with Mexico. I'm all about that. That's awesome. And yeah. uh, uh, now Germany and France. And, and, the, and he's also talking to the Nordic countries. They're huge football fans over there, eh? I got a friend of mine. Yeah. I can't remember his name, so he's not like a real close friend. But we talk a lot on, on back and forth over the years on Facebook. Never met him. He used to be the marketing manager for the BC Lions. And now he's running an uh, international football magazine for gridiron football in Europe. Hmm. I think he's home-based in Sweden. Can't remember his name for the life of me, and a damn, he's going to get mad at me because he listens to our podcast. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just like his he, he, publication is huge. Do you know that there is more football teams in Europe than there are in America? Professional, professional football teams. Like there's more in Europe North than American there are in football America. teams. North American soccer, football teams. Playing American football, gridiron rules, four-down football. Huh. Well, There's more teams that, no. in Europe than there are in America. So I assume that that's why the NFL thought NFL Europe would work? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Didn't work. No. And, and they have, you know, they have the, the um, uh, national rule like we do. Do you know how many foreigners they're allowed on their team? Most most of the leagues over there are all, are all pretty much the same. Yeah. Do you, do you know how many te- uh, foreign foreign players they're allowed on their team? Twenty uh, percent. Six. Six out of fifty. Six out of fifty. Hmm. So. There you go. Well, I mean, it makes sense because if that's, they're not the NFL, they're not, you know, your draw for those leagues would probably be really about local support. So it makes sense to make sure that teams were local. Yeah. I mean, we do it because we're so close to the States and the, the populations are so far off that, Americans would take over our game pretty quick if we didn't have our rules in place. But for those, oh hell yeah, for, for, to, you know, to keep the to keep it local and, and keep it entertaining for the people that watch it and what you're, you know, I can see that as well. Which is essentially what the Canadians are doing too, right? They want Canadians in it because it's Canadian football. So 
Although I don't know, I guess if I was ever asked the question, would I still watch CFL football if it was all Americans playing it? <laughs> would I still watch? I'd have to say yes. I like the game, so <laughs> I'd be disappointed, but I'd still watch. <laughs> well, there's there's a lot of people who would say it's a, it would be a better game. Yeah, you'd have true. Be- better quality players. A lot of Canadian True. players are playing in the CFL only because we have a Canadian protection rule. Yeah. I think there would still be some that would make it anyway. But Would you have made it onto here. the Calgary Stampeders if you were not a national? Well, I made the PR, no. <laughs> I would not have even made the practice roster if I wasn't Canadian. I'm not picking on you, Chris, in any way, shape, or form. No, no, no. And and but that's an honest question, and it's an honest answer, right? It is. It, it, that's that's why I didn't bother sticking around too, because I knew I was never going to be more than what I was, and and I wasn't making any money at it, right? I needed to go make money, but but 100. percent I mean, they had they were playing Canadians on the D line at that time when most people weren't. So that's exactly why I was there because of my passport and because they were actually playing Canadians in those positions and they needed to for their ratio. So they had to have backups in the same passports. Yeah. So back in the seventies, we didn't have a protection. Um, we didn't have the ratio. Okay. And the NFL and the CFL paid the same wage. Did you know that? Yeah. And we had Americans no. coming up here and playing Canadian football. Why? Because the game was more fun. Yeah. It was, to, to, to actually play the game, the players said the game was more fun. We won't come play for Canada. And that's why we had to get the ratio in, because the Americans wanted to come up here. Right. And good, good quality Americans coming up here. Joe Theismann. Hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, now. people that like the pass, yeah, right. Like people that like the passing game would come up yeah, here. Right? I Receivers. I want to throw the football. <laughs> yeah. 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 Will, you've been hmm. quiet here, buddy. Are you okay over there? Turn your mic on. Or did you go? Did he, is he still in the podcast? I, haven't left. I don't know. He's been quiet for a little Yeah, I'm still here. I'm still here. Oh, I'm just here. listening to you guys. <laughs> I'm just listening to you guys. That's okay. You sure? Not that I you, need to listen need... to you guys, but. No, exactly. <laughs> you, you probably put, hey, did you put know some there... input into this. Did you know there's a there's a there's an award for the top Canadian player in the NCAA? No. Did you guys know that? I did not. No, I did not. It's called, are you ready? Huh. Are you ready? Yeah. It's called the Cornish Award. It's called the Cornish, Cornish Award. Cornish, as in John Cornish. Was it named <laughs> after it him? Named after. Really? Yep. So it's a relatively new yep. award. Yes, it is. I guess more of us <laughs> are going down there, and so it's quite huh. interesting. Very cool, very cool. I, I guess John might have sponsored it, bought the cup or something. <laughs> well, that's how you basically get Don- it, right? You donate, donate the, cup. the cup, yeah. 
my brother informed me of that the other day. So, is it true? Of course, I googled it. Yeah, I googled it and I found it. So, because there's a kid, there's a kid who's up for it this year from Abbotsford, BC. So, he plays for, I think, Notre Dame. Five finalists selected for the 2018-2019 Cornish Trophy. Wow. This trophy is awarded (laughs) annually. Where did it go? I don't know. Yeah. Wow. One guy from uh, Hamilton, Ontario, Vancouver. One guy from Abbotsford, uh, Chase Claypool. Uh, somebody else from Ottawa, Sher- Sherwood Park, Alberta, Winnipeg, and Oakville, Ontario. Well, good for them. Well, that's quite the widespread. Yeah, no kidding, but that's quite the widespread. I'm impressed, actually, because I would assume a lot of them would be from Ontario. They have the bigger program, but that's actually pretty much almost coast to coast. <laughs> you yeah. Alberta, BC, Manitoba. Yeah, yeah, you got... Uh, the wide receiver, Chase Claypool from Abbotsford, is playing for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Not for them, actually, but, you know, they'll call it Notre Dame. Uh, hmm. Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, Oklahoma State Cowboys. Hmm. And North Dakota Fighting Hawks. And uh, the Ohio Bobcats. They don't sound to be Division One schools. Except Notre Dame. Just have to be down there, yeah. Just Notre Dame, yeah. Well, that's that cool. Guy, that yeah, is cool. Apparently, that guy's a front runner, so. At six foot four, two hundred and twenty-seven pounds. Yeah. Sure sounds. Receiver, I do believe. Sure sounds like a receiver. And, uh, <laughs> my brother, my brother coached him in Abbotsford. That's why I've been following him. So. Cool. Awesome. So there's something. I mean, they must have established that not very long ago. So, I don't know. Winning that award gets you anywhere, but, you know, hard to say. Well, and there you go. It goes to support the fact that Canadians would probably find a spot in the CFL, even if it wasn't a ratio, just not as many. Yeah. But there's we're starting yeah. to generate quality players. I think that, you know, when I played – there was a standing understanding that if you took a Canadian, you were looking at three to four years to develop them into the quality of an American player, just solely based off of their lack of development in Canada through the, through the, uh, you know, minor leagues in the, in the U sports, just because that was the level difference between what they did in the States and what they did up here. And I think that that was addressed and it's, it's disappeared. It's, it's disappearing. You're, get, you're getting people that we want to draft that are actually being drafted into the NFL, right? So Yes, I think yes that, but they're that, playing NCAA football. Very few of them are playing in the CFS, right? They're already in American football program. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Okay. For sure, and, and it, so that goes back to you know your your theory is that it takes another three to four years to build a Canadian player up to the American standards. Well, if the Canadian player is already up to the American standards by playing in America, he's already you know he's out to shoot. But that but the, it used to not be so much based off the youth sports. It was more about the, the minor football development in Canada, because you're talking about 
college age kids, right? So the it used to be the mind, the lack of playing football. Like they play football when wow. in Texas when they're like two four years old, right? Two years old, kind of silliness. And we just we used to not have those programs. Only Ontario a bit, but like you're starting to see Adams programs now and and more. You know, we're starting to play football earlier in Canada, which used to be what was lacking. When I played football, I could not ball until I was 14 years old. Well, actually, I couldn't play till I was six. I actually couldn't play till I was 16 because I couldn't play bantam football because I was too big. They wouldn't let me play bantam football because I was too big. So I had to wait till grade 10 in high school to play football. Whereas my kids started in grade four. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the difference that we're seeing. Right. It's just the number of years played. It's not the quality. It's just how many years have you played football? <laughs> you know, how how prepared are you? But do you think, let me ask you a question. Do you think it's worthwhile for kids to play football at five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. We run a, a because, and I've coached in it. I've coached in it. It's called Adams, and we and it's for grade two, three, and four. Okay. So what would that grade two would be like a seven year old? Seven years old, yeah. So and it's a lot of fun, mm-hmm. and you can at Pee Wee. I've coached all the levels up, and at every level, you can tell a kid that played in the level below over a kid that's new. So what they take away isn't huge, but it's it's enough, right? Like, we do full contact in the Adams League, mostly right. because they just they don't they don't hit that hard, right? Like it's not the same kind of impact hit as a as a high schooler. Like they kind of run around into a, they all ball into a group and fall over, right? So. You put them in equipment, but but a big part of football is learning to deal with contact because you find that the older they are when they start, the longer they've heard, you know, don't hit people, don't be abusive, don't be push people. That 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 behavior behaviors looked down on, and you're taught that. Don't be so. Bully. It takes a lot. Yeah, it takes a lot to take those kids, especially the big kids that should be naturally good at it, and teach them to use their their ability, to, to use their size, to use their force and 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 dominate but if they've done that at a younger age they they've they've learned that like they're still being told by the parents to to do that it's kind of like a martial arts family like somebody put a, you put put your kid into martial arts they got to understand that there's a time to do that and there's a time not to do that and football is the same way and and you, so you seem they, they, one of the biggest challenges is obviously teaching them the game and, and all the, the mental part of that but that doesn't really play huge until high school the rest of it's just to get them to 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 be willing to hit and be hit that contact that the the physicality of the game takes a while to get used to not everybody gets smacked all the time like that right so uh, you know you can always tell like somebody would be really gung-ho to play football the first time like my uh Satman, my middle boy was like that and he went out and he and usually it's getting hit is what does it but he actually hit this huge quarterback and just smoked him but he hurt himself more than he hurt the quarterback <laughs> and it probably took me uh, two years to get him to hit anywhere near that again, because he just totally backed away from it. He, he wasn't used to it and didn't understand it. And when he hurt himself, he, he was timid about it for quite a while. So if you get, take care of that at the Adams level, 
where they kind of in that seven, eight, nine, ten, they start getting used to running into each other and the concept of that. And they pick up a few details about what an O line is and what a D line is. And, and at that age, they play every position. So they learn a little bit of everything. Uh, yeah, I think it makes a big difference. I think it's, it's worth it. And you don't see, and, and Adams, at that age, you just don't see injuries. You don't see the injuries you're worried about. Like Pee Wee, you start to see some broken bones every once in a while. Uh, you know, Bantam in the junior high level, you start to actually start to see, you know, some actual injuries and concussions and stuff like that, you know, and it's all lesser than, it increases at each level, but really at the lower levels, you know, and I wouldn't be totally against flag football either, but to me, flag football probably believes it belongs as an alternative at the Bantam level, at junior high, grades seven to nine, because that's where you start can actually get hurt. That's where you start when people are physically tackling. If you want to just learn the game and and you're not sure about the contact, flag football would be a good alternative because essentially what you're learning at flag football is just solely about football, the strategy and stuff like that. And at a younger age, they don't have the propensity to, to retain that. So you, if you're playing flag football, you might as well just play tag, in my personal opinion, because then it's just about having fun and, and being out there, um, which is reversed a lot of people's thinking. A lot of people think you shouldn't hit at the younger ages, but – be honest with you, it's safer and it, it, it gets them used to that. Whereas if you're just trying to teach them football with flag football, then it probably is way more practical in that before high school age of junior high where they can actually, they're just getting smart enough to retain what they're learning about running and throwing and, and, and play, you know, how the play is structured and, and that sort of stuff. So, but yeah, I've coached at all levels and I don't see a problem with it. I mean, my kids knew way more than me by high school than I ever did. Like I said, I didn't touch a football till grade 10. <laughs> I mean, I had, I had, you know, I was in the thick of it right into high school. So I would have loved to have been able to play earlier and, and, and have a better grasp of the game. And, wow. I mean, the physical quality wasn't a big deal for me, but. Okay. Let's uh, get back to our agenda before we run out of time. We're going to do that. Why? We're running out of time. Okay. We did. We said at the beginning of this we didn't have much to talk about. Yet. We have tons to talk about. Nick Lewis is excited about his new role as the running back coach of the BC Lions. Does he have the right stuff to be successful as a coach in the CFL? Hell yeah. Sure he does. Nick yeah, Lewis I agree. 100%. No. Sure he's outgoing. Yeah, he, t- he played the game. He can coach it, and he's outgoing. I mean, a good player doesn't always translate into a good coach, but you can tell by his personality that he'll be a good coach. I agree. This, this man, well. he is destined for greatness in the coaching world in the CFL. Everybody likes Nick. How can you not? Right? Yeah. And good friends with uh, Devon Clebrooks, and uh, he's going to learn. He's going to learn how to do it right. And uh, good for him. I, I, I'm excited to have him part of the BC Lions. We've had him on this podcast before. He's a member <laughs> of the Facebook group. Yep. So you know, hey, I'm I'm excited about that. Okay. <clears throat> We are five days away from CFL free agency opening. Do we expect an all-out? Do you think it'll be an all-out frenzy, or will free agency 
movement be tempered by the CBA? I think we kind of touched Good on Good job reading bit. that. It was hard. Good job reading that, CJ, because it, yeah, it that's not what it said, so good job. <laughs> that's not what it says, no. But I got to – it's a Charlesism, right? I have to read Charlesism. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I have no problems with that. He does a great job putting his agenda together, and I'm really happy he does it. 100%. 100%. But sometimes, yeah. sometimes it's challenging. Yeah. So, yeah. I had to read it, it twice be before I figured it out. <laughs> is it going to be a frenzy? No. It's not going to be a frenzy. No, I, I do think it. some. Okay. I do think some of the teams, like Winnipeg and Hamilton, who have already got their quarterbacks in place and really don't have to worry about that, are going to go after some key uh, secondary players faster than anybody else is. And I think you'll see the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are going to fulfill their roster faster than, say, the BC Lions, who are waiting for Mike Riley, who only have 7% of their free agent sign. But I've noticed, you know, every day there's another announcement from the BC Lions that they signed new international players or new national players. They look like they're going to be a rookie team this year. Everybody says they're going to be challenging for the cup. I'd like to believe that. But if they're paying Mike Riley the top end of $600,000, the cap better go up by a lot. Otherwise, there ain't going to be any room on the Lions for anybody else. Yeah. You know, I didn't think about that, but you're right. There is. They have been bringing in a lot of no-name people, which is definitely showing that they're probably going to try and build a lot of uh, rookie contract players, eh? Field a lot of rookie rookie people. Hmm. I mean, just... They announced somebody today? Yeah, yeah. Uh, three more internationals to the roster. Uh, who we got? We got uh, Brandon Shedd, defensive end, or wide receiver. Macklin Weaver, defensive end, and Devon Davis, a defensive back. Because hmm. they're sure not signing their free agents, so... It makes sense if they're just prepping to be a brand new team, right? It's rookie contract yeah. team. Hmm. So Brandon Shedd was uh, drafted by the Vikings, uh, Weaver by the Cowboys, and uh, Davis played San Antonio. Didn't hmm. didn't do it. Has no affiliation with any NFL team. So they look like quality players. But you know it's, that was February fifth. You know February third there was a couple more, and there was you know. They just keep making these announcements. They're signing players, but they're not signing their veterans. Right. They're not, they're not their free agency list. Yeah. No. Hmm. But, I mean, in reality, last year they were 9-9. <laughs> Maybe some of these guys aren't even in their program this year. Or, I mean, obviously, Ed Hervey is building this team the way he wants it to look. So. And he I does guess. no talent. He does no talent, so we shall well, he's see. done it before. He built a great yep. cup-winning team in Edmonton. Yep, he did. So how many how many players get signed on the twelfth? Do you think? And how many of them are the big names ones? Like I think Mike Riley. I think he you goes on free the agency right on the first day of free agency. Yeah, like we're talking about frenzy, right? Like, I mean, it's it's what your definition of a frenzy is, right? Do you think? But how, ignoring whether you think it's going to be fast and furious or not, which I don't think it will be either, because it never is. Um, 
I think what's more important, whether it's going to be a frenzy of signing, is more how many of the big names, like how much money gets spent the first day. How many of the big names come off the board right away? You know, the the people that will be making the 150 to 200 or, or the Mike Riley's 600, right? Like how many are actually on the, on the 12th when it opens up? Like what defines right. a frenzy? Is it, is... I think 15 out of the top 30 players get signed in the first day. See, I would consider that a frenzy then, because that would be unprecedented yeah. for CFL football. And, and I and I and I would and I would say uh, in the first five minutes, five guys get signed. Okay. I would bet. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still under the impression that Mike Riley's going to get traded to the BC Lions. Hmm. And only yeah. because the Edmonton Eskimos do not want to lose him. With not for nothing. Okay. Right. So, and I, you know, this is just my gut saying this, and I've got nothing to base it on. And I still think that the trade for Mike Riley is going to be Jonathan Jinks. Edmonton needs to replace Riley. And after you sign Mike Riley, Bo Levi Mitchell, and Trevor Harris. The next best quarterback out there is Jonathan Jennings. Yeah. And I I think, uh, I personally think Edmonton, if they were wise, I think, and and if, and they, I mean, I don't know if they know they're going to lose them yet. Maybe they have hope. I don't know. But I think Edmonton should, uh, should uh, sign, uh, oh, my God, Kevin Glenn. I think they should sign him now because regardless of who goes there, I think they need a bridge quarterback and Kevin Glenn is the guy. I'm not arguing with you there. I'm I'm not, but you also got to think that Calgary is going to be looking at Kevin Glenn. Potentially. Maybe. If Mitchell goes south. Sure. Yeah. for, For the exact same reason. Yep. I don't believe that Calgary is going to go off so, looking for, you know. So the the, scare, I, the scariest thing is Kevin Glenn could sign quite a decent contract in free agency, okay? But there could be two or three teams looking at him. Yeah. You know? And, I mean, I understand he's old, but he's not that old, and he didn't get beat up last year. And that guy must have. That guy must have so much knowledge, it's not funny. So Yeah. I would like you know what, I hope you're right, Will. I hope I hope we see like ten top uh, the top thirty, like ten, twelve of them go on the first day and just live up to the expectation and the hype for once. <laughs> yeah. I I kinda I'm not a big fan of the slow starting, you know, once one signing and then you wait a couple of days for the next one and a couple of days for the next one. And, yeah. Because well, no, once, it's, some, once it gets – sorry, go I ahead. Think there's some top, I think there's some top quality guys there that are going to leave their teams and go somewhere else because they want to get paid. And there's only so much room on a roster for those guys to get paid. So. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be nice if actually right off the bat all the quarterback things kind of get settled out. <laughs> yeah. Well, the sooner the better. Yeah. And I mean, what, yeah. if, what if Bo, 
What if Bo Levi doesn't give Calgary an answer by the 12th? I, I think Huffnagle stick, uh, sticks to his guns and he makes plans without him. And I and I think you're right. He has to. I think you're right. But well, I, I'd be I foolish not to, right? You know, they're talking about him making $600,000 or whatever a season. I don't know if... I don't know if Huff is willing to spend that kind of money on a quarterback. <laughs> because they seem... I mean, Calgary is notorious for not spending money. Okay, Huff yeah. is notorious for having a tight wallet. And, you know... They say every year they're going to lose all these guys, and and a lot of them do come back. I mean, the big one last year was uh, Tommy, what's his name in Montreal now? The cornerback. Tommy Campbell. And Campbell. Tommy Campbell. And they had no problem replacing him. They replaced him with a rookie. So, Trey Robertson. So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting. It will be interesting. But I mean, oh, there's there's gonna, some names out there. It's gonna be a great, be a great yeah, season. There's some names. There's some names out there that are gonna get signed right off the hop. I think. So. Hmm. We'll see. It's getting close now. Yeah, not close enough, but it is getting close. Five days. Got to be close enough. I know. I'd like to happen tomorrow. So, but that's just me. We're a kid in the candy shop, but I need a store. So, but yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. You're going to see, I think you're going to see some impact players move. One of the things they did on another podcast today was they went through all the teams and they decided, okay, First off, who was the top free agent they had to re-sign? And who was the guy you think that they're going to lose? And there were some pretty interesting conversations about that. So, Because, you know, there's lots of guys who want to get paid, let's face it. And is it willing to move for another ten grand? I guess it probably is because they usually do it. So, well, you're saying they picked a team and said who they absolutely yeah. have to sign and who they can let yeah. go, a, a big name player to get go. Okay, well, just no, no, just using right. that is that right? Well, uh, a player Which who they thought was going to go was going to leave. Okay, they didn't necessarily say they didn't want to sign him, but they probably couldn't sign him because there wasn't enough money. Okay, well, if if you look at the team, the BC Lions, I would say we absolutely have to sign Brian Burnham, and we're going to let Manny Arsenal walk. And that's, that's, that's exactly, what they said too. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what they said too. So, so you know, I mean, it's just that's not hard to figure out. And I'm pretty sure Manny will end up in Saskatchewan. Just thinking, it seems that's where everybody goes to die. Okay, so and they they could use some good they, receivers. Yeah, they need a quarterback to throw them to them, but yeah. <laughs> yep, that's true. Uh, so, 
so obviously we just discovered that Chris listens to the same podcasts I listen to. So yeah, I, mean, I think a lot of people listen to that one. That one's kind of a, a given one. So. That's, that's actually that's actually a pretty good one. So yeah. Yeah, I kind of quit listening to the team-orientated ones because it's just kind of too goofy. But uh, the ones that are just in general, like ours, I, I, I still listen to. I enjoy a couple of them. Yeah. So, there you go. Moving on, where are we? We're running out of time, 10, 12 minutes left. Uh, five days of free agency. I'm kind of excited about this, though, you know? It's, it's five days. Five days and we have an answer whether or not Mike Riley is going to be a BC Lion. Pretty exciting for me, okay? Pretty exciting for me. But well, I I'm excited if I know who's going to be Calgary's quarterback. <laughs> so there you go, too, yeah. And then I, 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 I'm also, I, yeah, I'm, what happens if Mike Riley signs back in Edmonton? Seriously. We're going to get Zach Caleros? Yep. Nope. Kevin Glenn's on his way. <clears throat> yeah. Well, like I said, you know, there's there's at least three teams in the Western Division, Edmonton, BC, and Saskatchewan, that need a quarterback. Two out of the three need a quarterback. Mike Riley's mm-hmm. going to go to one of those three. The other two are going to need quarterbacks. There is not that mm-hmm. many available quarterbacks out there. I mean, yeah, there's 15 no, there's of them. Not, not quality. <clears throat> nope. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah, which is what we talked about last podcast, right? About why it made sense. Jonathan Jennings pretty much is the next big pick after those two go, Bo and Riley. Mm-hmm. You know, because it just makes sense. He's he's got the most up, most potential. But you never know. Do you think there's a team out there that would open their wallet for uh, Harrison Ottawa? You know, I mean, the closer it gets to free agency, the more you got to think that maybe it's not a done deal he stays there. I mean, everybody's always said that it is, but why the hell hasn't he signed then? Yeah. Unless it's CBA, which, which again, why why would you? So, who knows? Maybe maybe he wants to move. Maybe we'll be surprised. Maybe Harris does move. And, and, and if he moves, he's going to end up in Saskatchewan. They're going to pay him. Maybe that's what he's looking for, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't like you know. Like, let's be honest. I mean, Saskatchewan is what it is, and 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 that. But as a player, it, it it's it's probably pretty exciting to play in Saskatchewan. I mean, it's, I mean, if you know, there's the fishbowl factor, which you have to be able to live with. But but really, I mean, you you can't ask for any more. You know, like there's tons of support. It's you know, it's exciting. It, and it's new stadium. And like, I, I, as a player, I wouldn't, you know, other than obviously there's issues about coaching and how they're going to play and blah, blah, blah. But now with Craig there, you know, like they, you know, it, as a player, it's not the, not, not a horrible thing to get, get a Saskatchewan. Right. We, you know, as fans, we think about it because, you know, you don't like them or whatever, but, but really, I mean, you know, I could see here if you want the money and, and I mean, you know, I, yeah, I'm 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 curious because Harris has always been okay. That he's staying, he's staying, he's staying. But hey, he hasn't signed. Can I, so can I throw something out there on, sure. on Trevor Harris mm-hmm. theory? Brock yeah. Sunderland was the assistant GM in Ottawa for three years. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Edmonton. 
Do you think Harris is holding off to find out whether where Riley signs? And if he signs, if Riley signs in BC, Trevor Harris is going to Edmonton because Edmonton's willing to dump a bucket of money on him. They got to replace Riley. Who are they going to replace him with? Well, and they're paying Riley five hundred, you know, five hundred. So they have the money. Like if they go from one quarterback to the next, and they just keep the money the same, they've already structured their team that way. So they could afford to pay that much money too. Because what is he making? What what's Harris making in Ottawa? Does anybody know? No idea. Top their head. No. Yeah, I don't know. It, no it, it's got to be on the high side of four hundred. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be hmm. right. Yeah, and you never know. Maybe maybe he's holding out to see what kind of money. Um. What kind of money Riley gets? Because then he's the next best the thing, right? Yeah, yeah, he's the next best the, thing too. Maybe. I hadn't thought about that, but I mean that that is part of the thing, right? You is you want people in your same position to to see what they get, so that you have something to negotiate from comparable, right? He he made four hundred fifty thousand dollars in hard money. Yeah, so it's not like it's not like it's going to be a huge jump in money because you got to figure they offered him the same or or a little more. They wouldn't have offered him less. No, no. So if they want him back, they they got to be on the high side of 450. And uh, yeah, Edmonton has the, that money. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Like I said, I hadn't really thought about it until we just talked about it. But really, I mean, everybody just assumes he's staying, but he hasn't signed. So maybe he does leave. Maybe he does go somewhere. Huh. I don't know. Maybe he wants more competition. He wants to come out to the West. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, he wants to come out and play football. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, he's won a Grey Cup. Edmonton yeah. missed the playoffs last year. Maybe he thinks he can come out here and make a good team. Nobody thinks that they're going to join a team and it's going to get worse. Right. Yeah, no, they always sure. think that they're they're yeah. going to make the team better. Ah, hmm. I'm 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 intrigued. That's a neat neat theory there, CJ. That would throw Ottawa into a panic. Though. Yeah, but they don't really have too, to then. do much to to stay. All they have to do is beat yeah. Toronto and Montreal, and they're in the playoffs. Yeah. And they get a home playoff game. They're almost guaranteed a home. Playoff. Yeah. That's how sad the Eastern Division is, and that's how sad that this this whole setup, playoff setup, is in the CFL. All we have to do yeah. is be second best, and that's not going to be hard. We got to beat mm-hmm. Toronto and Montreal. Oh, geez. <clears throat> Two years ago, that was hard. <laughs> they did it. Montreal was for sure. Man. Toronto won the Great Cup two years ago. Yep. They won the Great Cup, and then they missed the playoffs. How does a team do that? Lose their quarterback because they made the playoffs being. Yeah, that's right. Well, and they made the playoffs as a 500 team. I mean, it doesn't mean you're yeah. dominant or good. It just means you were you showed up on the right day and the right time. All you have to do is that's make exactly the playoffs. Exactly how they won the Great Cup. Yep, and then you just got to play that one game. 
got to play that one game better than the other team. Yeah. Okay, uh, Montreal Alouettes have unveiled their new jerseys and local scheme for the upcoming season. What do you think? Let's do this one real quick. We don't have a lot of time. Chris, did you take a look at it? Uh, a little, just quickly. I, I, yeah, it doesn't excite me or thrill me. And the, and as for other teams, it doesn't. That's I really could care less what they're wearing. I like the football, not what they're wearing. <laughs> exactly. Will, you have any in, yeah. uh, you awesome know, thoughts on this? It, it, uh, it saves us from having to watch a bunch of guys run around naked, so I don't care what they wear. <laughs> yep. Will said it. I don't care. Yep. Okay. Where are we here? Last segment here. In a strange twist of fate, this one actually kind of gets me. The two former Winnipeg Blue Bomber quarterbacks that backed up Ryan Dinwiddie in the Grey Cup in 2007 are now head coaches in the NFL. And Ryan Dinwiddie is the quarterback coach, possibly offensive coordinator Ooh. in Calgary. Does it? Does it say who the two backups were? Uh, it does in know. the uh, in the article. Original story, yeah, in the article, yeah. And I could run over there and tell you. Um, I, I read the article; it was actually pretty good. <clears throat> uh, Cincinnati hiring of Zach Taylor as their head coach, and the other guy is. Tom Clements. No, oh, okay. As the passing Tom, coordinator no. in No, Kingsbury. Tom Clements. Oh, Hang on, okay. what is this? No, no, I did this wrong. Two men that backed up the quarterback of Bombers was Cliff Kingsbury and Zach Taylor. And oh, Kingsbury okay. Yeah. And Kingsbury is where? He, he hired Tom Clements as his new passing coordinator in Arizona. So Kingsbury is now the head coach at the Arizona Cardinals. Or that's, is that the baseball team? No, that's the football team. Football team, okay. And uh, the other one is uh, in, is in uh, Bengals, Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. So there you go. The two backup quarterbacks to the Grey Cup game are both head coaches in the NFL, and Dinwiddie is a coordinator, not even a coordinator in Calgary. Hmm. Not really cool, is it? Okay, i got to wrap this show up. I'm really late. Uh, This has been Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 308. I've lost my voice. Uh, It's Christopher Jones has been your host, and I'd like to thank my two buddies here, uh, Will and Chris, for joining us. Uh, Say goodnight, guys. Chris, go ahead. Good night, everybody. Uh, Hope you have a good week and talk to you next week. And William. Good night, everybody. Watch the AFL this weekend. AAF. AAF. AAFL, whatever. Right. Yeah, and we are now Thursday nights podcasting Thursday nights. So we'll see you one week from tonight. You guys take care. Have a good one.